Listening to the Bellator Christie podcast, brought to you by BellatorChristie.com. Now join your host, Brian Chilton, as we enter the arena of ideas. Taking up the sword of Christian theology and the shield of classic apologetics, this is the Bellator Christie Podcast, and this is your host as we enter into the arena of ideas, or take Christian truth, that is, into the arena of ideas, yours truly, Pastor Brian Chilton. And we thank you for being with us today uh, on the Bellator Christie Podcast. We have a very special podcast for you today, uh, and we'll introduce our special guest as we have with us Michael Bohm. Uh, who will be with us here in just a few moments. And folks, this is a podcast that you do not want to miss. Uh, So we'll have more details uh, about our podcast today here in just a few moments. But uh, we do want to uh, tell you, as you know, or should know by now, that the Bellator Christie podcast is a production of bellatorchristie.com. We encourage you to go check out the website. And uh, while you're there, click subscribe. By doing so, uh, you'll receive uh, all the articles as they are posted, as well as links to the podcasts in your inbox, and the best part of it is it's absolutely free. So take advantage of that and join many, many others uh, who have subscribed to bellatorchristie.com. Uh, You can also find this podcast on several podcatchers, including iTunes, TuneIn Radio app, as well as Stitcher. And I've noticed that uh, we do have uh, uh, subscribers that are that are starting to uh, subscribe to the podcast at Tune In, and so we we are, uh, appreciate that. I, I'm not exactly sure how many subscribers we have on iTunes and, St- and Stitcher, but if you're listening to to us by those means, we are so glad you're on board with us here at Bellator Christie, uh, the Bellator Christie podcast. And so we thank you so much. Be sure to let other people know about this podcast. We're not asking for financial donations or anything of the sort. We're just asking you to help us get the word out. Let people know about this podcast and about this online ministry uh, so that others can be blessed. And uh, as a pastor, I am finding that there are many people who have apologetic questions and want answers that can only be found in the genre of apologetics. So that's why this podcast exists. Uh, speaking of that, uh, of the realm of apologetics, Christians must deal uh, with with uh, orthodoxy. Doctrine is a very important thing. In fact, I've heard people say, well, it, doctrine isn't important. That's one of those things that separate Christians. Not so. 
Doctrine provides the umbrella, the outline, the, 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 the precipice of, of where we can find Christianity. If you go beyond the scope of those boundaries, then you're outside of Christianity. And of course, here we're talking about mere Christianity, fundamental Christianity, those things that make Christianity what they are. But one thing that we need to discuss as well is that there are uh, belief systems that are opposed or go outside the boundaries of Orthodox Christianity. And there are two different avenues uh, that we find in that realm, that of the cult and the occult. So discussing those issues with us today is Mr. Michael Bohm. Michael is an expert on cults. He actually came to Christ, as you'll hear in a few moments, after uh, delving into the occult. And he has a warning for all of us that the occult is real, that there is a satanic power, there's a demonic realm, and it's very real, and it's not to be tampered with. Michael Bohm is from Loveland, Colorado. Uh, he is a podcaster, founder, and blogger of Youth Apologetics Training, found at youthapologetictraining.com. So we want to welcome with us today, Michael Bohm. So we want to welcome with us today Michael Bohm, and I tell you that we have had a wonderful time uh, discussing some of these issues before the podcast today. We had a wonderful time of prayer, and so we want to we want to welcome officially Michael Bohm to the podcast. Michael, thank you for joining us today. It is great to be here. It's an honor. Thanks, Brian. So let's let's get this thing started off started off right. T- tell our listeners, as we often do for our first time first time guests, uh, if you would, sir, uh, tell the listeners how you first came to know about Christ and come to the Lord. Okay, okay, it's uh, it's a long story. I'll try to condense it for you a little bit. But I was raised as a Roman Catholic. Okay, and uh, the Roman Catholic Church is interesting in that. Of course, they have the Bible. They have, well, they have their own version of the Bible, the New Jerusalem Bible. Um, <clears throat> they also have their Catechism of the Catholic Church. They have a lot of b- beliefs that are outside of orthodoxy, and we'll get to that soon. But they're outside of what's acceptable uh, teaching that comes from the scriptures themselves. And so, you know, as a typical young Catholic kid, uh, I prayed the rosary, I had my statues. Um, I participated in all the sacraments of the Roman Catholic Church. Um, You know, I I had the typical, I hate to say it this way, but the superstitions that uh, often are are prevalent in Roman Catholic circles. Um, uh, You know, when you run with the Roman Catholics, there's a lot of of, uh, extra superstitions that kind of creep into your faith. Okay. But sometime while I was still fairly young, uh, an event happened within our family where uh, one of my brothers <clears throat> started reading occult material. He started reading about ESP. He started reading a little bit about white magic. He was mostly interested in ESP. And um, I did not take note of it until the day I woke up and I was getting ready for school. I saw my brother sitting on the couch in his PJs. Okay, This is an older brother. He's in high school at this point. And I'm going, Steve, what are you doing? And he said, well, I'm faking sick today so that I can tape the Challenger blowing up. Mm. Okay? The, the shuttle, uh, the Challenger. He actually dreamt that it was going to blow up. And he was so convinced, because he'd been practicing the CSP, he was convinced he was going to tape 
the original newscast of it blowing up. And he did. He did. Wow. And um, <clears throat> me being a, a child who was raised on Marvel and DC, <laughs> <laughs> I I was all about superpowers, okay? Uh, right now you're, you're speaking to a recovering uh, comic book geek, okay? And so... <laughs> Back then, I thought, oh, man, what? how did this happen? So I started stealing uh, or sneaking away his books and reading them one at a time, which led me down a really dark path. And I got into ESP, okay, started playing around with, with those types of things, e- ESP, extrasensory perception, so uh, various forms of, like, uh, automatic writing, divination, uh, lucid dreaming, astral travel, these types of things. Okay, but this led to white magic. Uh, white magic is still witchcraft. Okay, mm-hmm. it's uh, it might be a little bit of uh, skipping through the forest and kissing bunny rabbits, but it's still witchcraft. Right. And uh, this led to Enochian magic, which eventually ended with me playing around with black magic. Um, bad, bad news. Now somewhere in there, I, I took a few steps in this this realm of black magic that um, uh, caused some really bad things to happen. And um, to be honest, I don't want to talk about it, but I, I got out of it. I just said, I'm done with all of this. And I went into a phase of my life where I just refused to think. Right. I didn't want to think about anything. And I got involved with um, various chemicals that uh, allow you to not think even more. And uh, during this time, I, I still, all this time, I still believed in a God, and I still knew that it was the God of the Bible. Well, two guys started coming over. No, they were not Mormons, um, (laughs) but they were two friends of mine that uh, were attending a very hyper-charismatic church. And they would come over and hang out with me, and we'd all sit there and talk about prophecy, Bible prophecy. And that had a huge impact on me as I started to realize that so many prophecies of the Old Testament concerning Christ had come to pass. Hmm. So many, there's so many there. And I realized, you know what? I have been fighting against this God just about all my life. I don't know who he is. Uh, All I know is the stuff I was taught by the Roman Catholic Church, and I'm not even sure if that's correct. I need to start reading my Bible. I started reading my Bible, and I started attending this very, swinging from the chandeliers hyper charismatic church they were awesome people they loved the lord but as far as doctrine was concerned they didn't care about doctrine but it was okay i was still reading my bible and somewhere in there i really started understanding that i was a sinner uh i had lied i had stolen i had taken the lord's name in vain i had looked at women with lust in my heart i was a sinner and um Realizing this, I also understood that I needed a savior, and um, (laughs) I understood that Christ had died on the cross to pay for the sins of those who would trust in him, and um, I believe it was March, no, February 1st, sorry, March 2nd is when I started my podcast, (laughs) March 1st of 2001, which really isn't that long ago if you think about it. I was at uh, an intersection in my car, uh, intersection of uh, Shields and Laurel in Fort Collins, Colorado, 
when I'm sitting there at the turning light or at the light in the turning lane and I gave my life to Christ, it was <laughs> a very strange place to give your life to the Lord. But I have never turned back. It has been an amazing journey. And uh, the Lord immediately started pulling me out of my funk. All of the um, uh, chemical um, addictions that I had, if you know what I mean. I am in Colorado, you know. Um, <laughs> these things started falling off of me. And um, in their place, all I could do was just read the Bible. Whenever I had a craving for something, I would sit down and just read the Bible. That's all I could think of doing. And it worked. Praise God, it worked. And uh, here I am today, um, <laughs> 17 years, 16 years later, absolutely crazy in love with the Lord. And, um, uh, well, now I'm part of it. I have a, a ministry that just turned five years old a couple days ago. And uh, trying to reach those who are uh, young in their faith or want to be equipped and built up in their faith in the realm of apologetics, as well as you know, putting a lot of these podcasts online for the unbelievers as well to stumble upon, listen to, and hopefully, if I'm loving and humble enough, uh, they'll listen and perhaps heed some of the things I talk about. Now, for our listeners uh, who may not be uh, familiar with your podcast, what is the name of your podcast and where can they go to hear it? So, thank you. Uh, my podcast is called Youth Apologetics Training. Uh, the original intent of the ministry was to reach out to young high school and college age uh, youth and really help them because uh, it's it's tough right now. Uh, oh, yeah. You attend your high school and these colleges, they tear you apart. And so the intent uh, is to build up young people in their faith, equip them so that they're not taken by uh, these professors and these teachers in high school. Yeah. Uh, but what I'm finding is uh, a lot of my listeners are actually young parents who are teaching their kids, wow. which is really exciting too. So uh, God's using it. Amen. Amen. And that's wonderful to hear. Now, oh, oh. And you can oh, you find it on Sermon Audio uh, as well as iTunes, um, and you can even find it on my website, youthapologetictraining.com. Uh, and I think you can even find it in a lot of the other podcast apps out there, Stitcher and the like, these types of places. Amen. So youthapologetictraining.com. And so uh, definitely Sorry. go and check that out. You'll definitely be blessed. Now, Michael, today we're, we're talking about cults. And in a lot of your testimony, you mentioned uh, s some, some cults. So before we go into the realm of cults, let's first define orthodoxy. And, you know, it, it seems to be today that uh, even the whole issue of orthodoxy is being challenged by by many modern Christians, and fortunately that's the case. So what is orthodoxy, and why is it important for the believer to emphasize and stress uh, or Christian orthodoxy? Okay, good. Very good question. So orthodoxy, as defined by uh, your typical dictionary, it's, it's conforming to what is generally or traditionally accepted as right or true, what's established and approved. Okay, so as far as within the realm of Christianity, orthodoxy is, is concerning um, or rather accepting that which is established and true from the Word of God. Okay, so the Christian church, fundamental Christianity, uh, evangelicalism, if you will, the Baptist church, there's so many different uh, creeds and confessions out there that can be found within 
within the realms of Christianity. Some of them are better than others. You right. know what I mean? Um, but I think what would really work well for what we're talking about today is it is to boil it down into what uh, I like to refer to as is the five most essential beliefs that every Christian should believe. There's a lot of secondary essentials out there. There's a lot of, uh, uh, I mean, there's so many beliefs that are part of Christianity that uh, I would call orthodox, but there's, there's five that if you can memorize these five, you can usually spot a cult a mile out. <laughs> there's, there are, um, some cults, a few that are a little trickier, uh, such as even the, the Seven Day Adventists, who, for the most part, they fit all five of these essentials. Um, they have some other issues uh, that, that I believe put them within the realm of a cult, uh, although I think that they're probably the closest thing to Christianity of the cults. In fact, Dr. Walter Martin, if you're familiar with him, he wrote uh, the groundbreaking work, uh, The Kingdom of the Cults. Oh, yes. It is. Oh, man, that is such a cool book. It's the size of a phone book. <laughs> if anybody out there knows what a phone book is, it is so thick. <laughs> and, but it's, it's actually really inexpensive. And he was the guy that really broke ground teaching Christians and, and first diving in and understanding the cults and then teaching Christians what they believe. But even uh, the, the late Dr. Walter Martin he classified the Seventh-day Adventists as, um, as Christian. So they, they are pretty uh, – they're kind of tricky in that sense. But be that as it may, as it may uh, these five essentials, if you can memorize these, you can just about spot any cult. Does that work for you, though? You want to go through these? Yeah, absolutely. What, what, are the five, what would you consider the five fundamentals? Okay. Uh, I would say, uh, one, the deity of Christ. Jesus is God, okay? And technically, he's, he's part, uh, he's one of the Trinity, three persons, one God, part of the God, the Godhead, uh, but Jesus is God. So looking at some of the cults, and, and we'll talk about some of these here as we go, but uh, for example, Jehovah's Witnesses, uh, they're the guys that show up at your door on Saturday morning and want to talk to you about having a Bible study, right? Mm -hmm. They're not the ones with the name tags. Those would be the Mormons. But the Jehovah's Witnesses, they say that uh, Jesus is not God. He's actually Michael the Archangel. Right. Um, Mormons, Mormons, they are the guys that show up at your doorstep with name tags that say elder. Uh, they claim that he's God, but he's only one of an infinite number of gods. We'll, right. we'll talk a little bit more about that later. Yeah, it's, it's quite fascinating. The Unif uh, Unification Church, uh, a lot of people are not familiar with these guys. They're often referred to, I guess it's, it seems a little derogatory, but people refer to them as the Moonies. Uh, the, the leader, Sun, Sun Myung Moon, uh, he denies the deity of Christ. Uh, mm. Christian science denies the deity of Christ. So, uh, in fact... Uh, we talked about this a little bit before we started recording today, but there is a movement called the Word of Faith movement out there. They're known for teaching things like the prosperity gospel, health and wealth, mm -hmm. name it and claim it, these types of things. But there are some, not all, but there are some that are within that movement that will even attack the deity of Christ, mm. um, basically saying that Jesus was just a man 
that was spirit filled and empowered. And it's, I mean, really that traces back to the new age, but, um, Oh yeah. Anyway, uh, uh, you know, Jesus is God. Uh, John chapter eight, verse 24. I said, therefore unto you, this is Jesus speaking that ye shall die in your sins. For if ye believe that I am he, for if ye believe not, sorry, believe not that I am he, ye shall die in your sins. Mm. Now, that's Christ speaking. Um, this I'm quoting from the King James Bible. I hope that's okay. Oh, yes. Uh, when he says, when he says, I am he, the word he is in, is in italics, which what that means is it's actually not in the Greek. Jesus is saying, if ye believe that I am Right. Harkening back to that burning bush when, when God says to Moses, I am that I am. Mm-hmm. Okay. First uh, John four verses two through three. Hereby know ye the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesses confesseth not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist, where if ye have heard that it should come, and even now already is in the world. Now, um, when you cross-reference that with, with John chapter 1, verse 1, in the beginning the Word was God, and the Word was... I'm sorry. <laughs> the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Uh, what we're seeing here is that if you deny Jesus Christ is God in the flesh, you are of the spirit of Antichrist. So, well, uh, actually, as... as Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, so, so that we don't, so we give enough time for the other cults. Uh, what, what are the other five uh, fundamental okay. essentials? Uh, so we'll give you enough sure. time for the uh, for for the cults. Not not trying to rush you, but uh, so we don't so we don't run out of time here. Sure, sure. Um, salvation by grace. You know, salvation is by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. Amen. Uh, you know, so for Mormons, they say that they're saved by grace after all they can do okay it's it's very tricky mormons have terms that are very similar to christianity but what they mean by those words are not what you mean by those words exactly so you got to be really careful uh jehovah's witnesses uh they're saved by their works doing things like street time following all the teachings of the watchtower um and doing all these things that the watchtower tells them to do they still don't get to go to heaven mm. more on that later but uh, they're, they're only guaranteed a place on the restored earth. Only 144,000 get to go to heaven. Right. So, um, and uh, I know this is stepping a little bit out of bounds, but the Roman Catholic Church holds many teachings that uh, you can consider somewhat similar to cults. Okay? And, and don't get me wrong. I think that there's some people within the Roman Catholic Church that are saved. But I think it's it's in spite of their teachings. Hmm. It's those types of people who are reading their Bible and, and at least gleaning something from it. But yeah, if you follow the teachings as taught by uh, the Catechism of the Catholic Church, yeah, that's that's not Christianity. Um, but uh, anyway, they believe salvation, at least as taught by the the uh, Catechism of the Catholic Church, is through attending church. Uh, uh, going to purgatory after you die, completing the sacraments, uh, these types of things. So again, works. Amen. So that would be the third um, uh, essential belief of Christianity. Uh, the resurrection of Christ. That would be the fourth. 
Now, what was um, the, what was the third? You, you had know, the, de- the deity of Christ. Christ be not risen. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. I was just recapping. So, so, the, so the deity of Christ was number one. Salvation by grace was number two. What was the number third? The, the, the third. Uh, actually, uh, oh, look at that. The deity of Christ, one, salvation by grace. Sorry, I was... <laughs> <laughs> That's no problem. <laughs> it's, it's my outline. It's saying it's four, but it's actually three, three. So, yes, the resurrection of Christ is number three. My bad. Sorry about that. Oh, not it's a problem. A good, good catch. Good catch. So, if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain? And your faith is also vain. Thank you, Paul. <laughs> that That's was right. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, <laughs> verse 14. Jehovah's Witnesses, they deny that Christ rose bodily. Okay? Right. Uh, Christian Science, they deny that Christ even died on the cross. Therefore, they deny the resurrection as well. Uh, and the resurrection, it's denied by many other cults. Um, I'm trying to rush a little bit here. But uh, the next one, number four, would be the gospel. Uh, yeah, yeah. Check this out. Uh, Paul said in Galatians chapter 1, verses 6 through 9, this is shocking that he said this. He says, I marvel that ye are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. But though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. Mm. As we said before, so I say now again, if any man, he even repeats himself, if any man preach any other gospel unto you, then that ye have received, let him be accursed. Mm. Wow. Okay, that's, that's a big deal. In other words, Paul's making it really clear that if we teach any other gospel, we would be accursed of God. It, it makes you kind of wonder if Paul would be kicked out of, of some church, some churches today for standing for the truth. <laughs> yes, yes, and yes. I think that Joel Osteen would chase him clean out the door. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you know, the gospel, it is central to our faith. Our faith, Jesus, who is God, or was God in the flesh, I should say. He was crucified. He willingly was crucified on a cross, taking the penalty, the the punishment that is owed to us, that we deserve for our sins. He took that upon himself. He died on on that cross for our sins. He was buried, and three days later he rose again, and now he's at the right hand of the Father. That's the gospel. We trust Christ. We trust in him alone for our salvation now uh christian science uh they reject the substitutionary atonement of jesus uh, and state that it has no efficacious value they deny that jesus is even god Uh, they deny that he's part of the trinity they say that sin is a false interpretation of the divine mind and is non-existent Hmm. i know christian science is one of no they are the most bizarre of the Christian-esque cults out there. Uh, they're hardly Christian in any sense, but they, you know, they grab pieces and parts of the Bible, and uh, they are definitely a strange one. You could easily devote a couple full podcasts to just them alone. Um, 
nice people, but very deceived. And I think uh, I think we definitely need to need to have you back on for some more podcasts to to discuss some, maybe even dissect each individual uh, cults that we're finding. Because uh, as we were talking before the program, there are many more that are popping up as we go along. And so, so yeah. thus far, we have the deity of Christ, salvation by uh, grace, the resurrection of Christ, the gospel. And so, what would the fifth fundamental or the fifth essential of the faith be? Monotheism. Our God is one God. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, the Shema. <clears throat> Mormonism believes in an infinite number of gods. Uh, in fact, they believe that God the Father is an exalted man. He wasn't always God, but through following the precepts of Mormon Mormonism, uh, he became a god. And so therefore, at one point, he was a man who had a father, who had a father, who had a father, mm. who had a father, <laughs> ad infinitum. <laughs> In other words, they have an infinite set of gods. That's polytheism. That's uh, outside of the realm of these five essentials. So basically, if you can memorize these five essential beliefs of Christianity, and yes, there are so many other, I guess, secondary essentials of the faith, things like the virgin birth, uh, understanding heaven and hell. There's so many other orthodox beliefs of Christianity, but if you can mem memorize those five just to keep it simple, you can usually spot any cult just right off the bat. And these are good ways, as you mentioned, to determine uh, a orthodoxy, Christian orthodoxy, from uh, from the cults that are out there, or anything, any aberrations from uh, from the true Christian faith that's presented in the New Testament, because that is the origin of our faith as it originates in Christ Jesus. Now, I, I, to save on time, I want to kind of combine our next two questions together. If you will, define what a cult is and, and contrast that with the occult. So, so what is a cult and what is the occult? Okay, okay, very good. Uh, the, the, you know, your typical dictionary will define it as a group bound together in an intense devotion to a person, ideal, or thing, a system of beliefs, and rituals that are <laughs> bogus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dr., Dr. Walter Martin, I think he says it a little better. He says, a cult then is a group of people polarized around someone's interpretation of the Bible and is characterized by major devi deviations from Orthodox Christianity relative to the cardinal doctrines of the Christian faith, particularly the fact that God became man in Jesus Christ. Um, cults are basically those, those groups, and they don't necessarily have to be a Christian cult. There's cults that have nothing to do with Christianity, like uh, Scientology. Uh, L. Ron Hubbard came up with the most bizarre <laughs> sci-fi religion you have ever heard of. It, it, it really is. It could probably uh, make the cover of Marvel's Marvel Comics. <laughs> <laughs> they really could. You know, you could you could make a really fun movie off of the origin story of Scientology. I hope it never gets done. <laughs> Because, uh, you know, I don't want any more people to get duped by that movement. But, you know, you really could. But anyway, there's there's uh, cults that have sprung off of uh, Judaism. Uh, 
There's even cults that have sprung off of Hinduism. Uh, Islam is technically a cult of Hinduism. They came out of Hinduism and came up with their own aberrant beliefs. Uh, Allah was a moon god for uh, Muhammad's tribe, the tribe of Quraysh. And uh, when he stormed Mecca, he had all of the other gods in Mecca removed, and Allah was set up as the one and only God. And so technically, yeah, it's Islam is, is a cult of, of Hinduism. So anyway, a cult is basically just a spinoff of what is orthodox, orthodox beliefs of a particular belief system. So in the realm of Christianity, any movement that spins off of Christianity and comes up with all these extra teachings uh, that, uh, well, like the dictionary said, is bogus, but these extra teachings that, um, well, do not meet orthodoxy, that would be a cult. Now, there are a whole bunch of common traits or signs of a cult. We're definitely not going to have time today to talk about it. Maybe we can some other time. Oh, absolutely. But, uh, uh, yeah, I would love to. I would love to. Now, the occult is different. It sounds like they would be similar, but the occult is, uh, rather than deviating from orthodox doctrines, it's more like we're dealing with the realm of mysticism and esoteric practices, okay? So the occult gets into areas uh, that the Bible would call witchcraft mm. or divination soothsaying, stargazers, sorcery. Uh, there's so many other uh, things that the Bible mentions, but these types of things, what, you know, what we all see as a cult nowadays. So nowadays we'd say ESP, witchcraft, tarot cards, uh, fortune telling, astrology, uh, different forms of deviate, uh, divination. Uh, would you include... Would you include necromancy, you know, seances, things of that nature, as part of the witchcraft movement? Yes, absolutely. Thank you. Absolutely. Oh, no problem. Uh, any any form of trying to seek out advice from the dead, necromancy, absolutely. And here's one that steps on some Christians' toes. But yoga, yoga comes from the occult. It's an occult practice. Uh, technically, it, it comes from Eastern. Uh, practices in, in Hinduism, but it has taken on more of an occult uh, sense over the years. Uh, Ouija boards, using crystals, alchemy, walking labyrinths. How many churches have you heard of that built a labyrinth and people walk this thing while they repeat a mantra? Or I'm not sure. Have you even heard of that? You know, to be it's honest, I, I was getting ready to ask you about that. That's that's a new one on uh, new one for me. Okay, yeah, they, they build usually a circular, it looks like a maze, but really it's not a maze. There's one way into the center, and there's no little side roads where you get blocked and have to turn around. It's one way all the way into the center. You go to the center, and as you're traversing this labyrinth, uh, it's usually a circular type pattern. 
you're repeating mantras over and over and over, which is a new age practice. You're clearing your mind, you're opening your mind up to hear voices. And then you get to the center where you commune with those voices and then you go back out of the labyrinth. It's a practice that's been practiced by the new age and occult movements for hundreds and hundreds of years, but now the churches, churches are starting to pick this up as well. Uh, in fact, since we're talking about things that have slipped into the churches as of late, uh, we even have this uh, book Mark Batterson wrote called The Circle Circle Maker. Have you heard of this? You know, that's you, that's uh, another new one on me. I, <laughs> I can't say that I have. Well, I, I, well this, this, is, this stuff is my specialty. That's what I study. So the circle maker, uh, it's, it's also all over in a lot of more word of faith type churches. They will cast a circle around them. They will actually draw a circle with chalk or salt or something else. They will make a circle just like you're casting a spell of witchcraft. Okay, this is the kind of junk I did before I was saved. Wow. And they will cast a circle around themselves. They'll stand in the middle of that circle and say, I'm not moving God until you answer my prayer, which is wrong on many levels. You don't back God into a corner. <laughs> right. You don't play you chess know. with God. He's, he know, when, especially when he knows the movements like the gentleman you were telling me about before the podcast. You know, <laughs> I, I can't even imagine trying to play chess with God. You know. <laughs> yeah. You, you know, it's, it's just irreverent. And, easy for me to say, irreverence, and um, it's, it's just one of those things. You do not try to force God's hand. Um, but uh, to, to sum all that up, Deuteronomy 18, verses 10 through 12, says it well. As far as New Age slash occult practices, uh, God says this. He says, there shall not be found among you anyone who makes his son or daughter pass through the fire, or anyone who practices witchcraft, or a soothsayer, or one who interprets almonds, or a sorcerer, or one who conjures spells, or a medium, or a spiritist, or anyone who calls up the dead, necromancy, for all who do these things are an abomination to the Lord. Mm. And because of these abominations, the Lord your God drives them out before you. So, yes, occult, bad, don't do that. <laughs> have, I have heard... and. And I don't want to take you know too much of your time because I know we've got a limited amount of time on today's podcast. But have you heard of individuals participating in these seances and in even using Ouija boards only to to have bad things happen? Uh, not not relating to the superstitious, but maybe even tapping into the demonic realm or something of that sort. Yes, yes, I've I've known people. Uh, in fact, I knew. Uh, one female in particular in the past that continued to play with a Ouija board, and at one point, okay, oh, we are now passing into the realm of clearly weird. Uh, guys, just so you know, I don't see a demon behind every bush. I'm not one of those that's constantly trying to rail at demons and, you know, come out of him, devil, you know, and <laughs> stuff like that. But um, this girl clearly was demon-possessed at a certain point. She started doing things that were just plain off and uh, ended up getting in trouble with the law, getting in trouble at school quite a bit, and um, it was it was a mess. Now, I played with the Ouija board for a, a decent chunk of that time that I was part of the New Age slash occult movement, and I started communicating with a, an, entity, an entity that called himself 
Jake, and identified as a young child who was killed in a car wreck uh, that was not too far from where I lived. And uh, this particular entity, and, and nowadays I would look back and say I was speaking with a demon, uh, at first started uh, giving me knowledge about other people that I could not have known otherwise, okay? Not not knowledge of the future, but just knowledge of certain things about people. Uh, and it was actually quite fun going back again to the X-Men and Marvel comic books and the Avengers, okay? Yeah. <laughs> but then he then this, this entity started requiring things of me, tasks. And uh, it got darker and darker to the point where it asked me to off somebody. And that's when I stopped playing with Ouija boards. Wow. When you're messing with these things, you are not talking to dear Aunt Gertrude. You know, you're not talking to the long lost mom that you haven't spoken to in years and you just want to talk to your mom. That's not her. You know, it, it is another spirit. And it's not what we as Christians should be fooling around with. It, it's, it's dangerous. And God calls it an abomination. Wow. Well, going back, we, we uh, looks like we have uh, well, we, we still have a, a good chunk of time left. But uh, going back to the issue of, and I, I think maybe we need to have you back on doing a podcast just on the occult because there are so many things from what I'm even hearing. And I have a young son in school, and and I was told uh, about a year or so ago from a teacher who attends our church about some of the things that kids are getting into, and it's obviously demonic especially in our high schools and and middle schools so i yeah i think this is something that's very important to emphasize and and stress to our to our kids that we don't want to be fooling around uh with this type of stuff but going back to the issue of looking at the big two jehovah witnesses and mormons you know a lot of people say you know they're so nice that they seem to be so they seem to be similar to us why is it that we classify them as cults? Why are they not considered to be Orthodox Christianity? Okay, great question. And they are really nice people, especially the Mormons. I've had some conversations with Jehovah's Witnesses in the past that <clears throat> left me a little disgruntled. But they, even Jehovah's Witnesses, are very nice. But Mormons, they are trained to be excessively nice. They're great people. They, uh, in their own way, love the Lord, although their, their God is different from ours. Okay, let's be very clear about that. Uh, but they're also very patriotic, America-loving people, and I, and I respect that, okay? Um, but uh, <clears throat> it's going back to the essentials, just since we already talked about that, they deny uh, the deity of Christ in a sense, Okay. They deny uh, the doctrine of salvation. They, they deny the gospel, and they deny monotheism. So right there, they're already outside of Orthodox Christianity. As nice as they are, as loving as they are, they're outside of, of what the Bible teaches. And then rather, they elevate the teachings of their founder, Joseph Smith, uh, and his successor, Brigham Young. Brigham Young took up the mantle after... Joseph Smith was um, shot uh, while trying to escape a prison, okay, in a little gunfight. 
uh, but that's that's a whole other story. Uh, but they hold the teachings of Joseph Smith and Brigham Young higher than the scriptures. Hmm. Um, the Mormons have three authoritative uh, uh, collections of writings, if you will. Everybody's heard of the Book of Mormon or the bomb, if you, <laughs> if right. you want to shorten it. Everybody is, but, but not everybody has heard of the Pearl of Great Price and then another writing where all of their real doctrine comes from called Doctrines and Covenants. And Doctrine and Covenants is actually, that's, that's a collection that all the strange things that you've heard about, the, heard about Mormonism, okay, I'm not trying to poke fun, but everybody thinks of the magic underwear. Oh, absolutely, um, yeah. But, <laughs> you know, all of the things that are, are outside of the realm of Christianity, surprisingly, come from that, that uh, collection of writings, Doctrine and Covenants, Okay. When you read the Book of Mormon, it actually, there's very little in there that is outside of the realm of Christianity. It is, it's certainly fiction. If you've ever read it, it's, it's a, a, well, I would call it a fictional account of early America, that Jews came over to American soil around the time of, of uh, uh, the seven years of captivity and uh, started colonizing here. Uh, in the Americas, and uh, then Jesus came over here after he rose from the dead and preached this gospel to um, these the, these early people groups who were Jews that came over. Okay, and that's that's kind of the foundation of Mormonism, and that's what the Book of Mormon basically the the gist of it. It's it's fiction, but none of it really contradicts doctrine in the Bible. Believe it or not, it all comes from. DNC, Doctrine and Covenants. Um, but they also teach that, like I said earlier, the father was just a man. In fact, they have a prophet, Lorenzo Snow, that said it this way. says, as man now is, God once was. Mm. As God now is, man may become. Now, I have a question for you on, on, that, on that matter. Because obviously okay. Mormons believe that if, if you're a Mormon man and you marry a Mormon woman, then, then you'll, you'll populate your own celestial planet. So that would sure. mean, logically, that they would believe in not only a heavenly father, but a heavenly mother. Do they give this heavenly mother a name? Uh, I, you know, great question. And at one point I knew this, and now I think it's escaped me. I don't think they really do because... Keep in mind, as a, a male, this is really messed up, okay, but as a male who gets his own planet, you get to uh, call your own wife from the grave, or if you were polygamous, you get to call all of your wives from the grave. You can choose which ones you don't want to call from the grave. Talk about control, you know? Whoa. Wow. <laughs> hey, hey, if you don't listen to me, I'm not calling you up on that day. <laughs> what? But, uh... Sorry, I don't want to make light of it. I apologize. But uh, uh, we're talking about one male and millions of spirit wives. And then you spend all of eternity impregnating. I know it's, it's kind of a little extreme, but impregnating your millions of spirit wives who then produce spirit children that then are now born onto the planet. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah, I, I, I didn't realize. I mean, I, I knew the the core doctrine of Mormonism, but I, I didn't realize the fact that uh, 
that the that the male is said to raise or call up from the dead these these spirit wives. Yeah, so <clears throat> it uh, <laughs> yeah that would be one part of Mormonism that um, if you were speaking to a Mormon female might be worth bringing up. Uh, you know, use tact, use a lot of love, but that might be something that has a little persuasive power, at least for the female. So, um, in, okay, so Mormonism, they deny the virgin birth, okay? They, they believe that more of a fleshy God, the Father, came down and actually consummated uh, uh, the situation with Christ being born, okay? Um, that's one of those things that if you ask a Mormon, do you believe in the virgin birth? They'll say yes. But if you ask them what they mean by that, and you start listening to the, the words they're saying, you quickly find out that there was actually a physical uh, union that took place. It's, it's, um, it's, as, the, as the old cliche goes, the, the devil's in the details, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, and speaking of the devil, Lucifer... Uh, was the brother of Jesus. And uh, there was this council of the gods on this planet called Kolob. And they were discussing how they were going to handle Earth. Okay, And Jesus came forward and said, well, first, I think Lucifer came forward first and said, I will rule them with a rod of iron, basically. And they, the council heard his arguments and then Jesus stepped forward and said, I will die for their sins, and they will they will trust in me and follow me because I died for them. And the council of the gods said, we pick you, Jesus. Your plan is good. And uh, the rest is history. This almost sounds like, uh, this almost sounds like uh, Norse mythology like you see on Thor and, you know, Odin and, and stuff like that. You know, it... it... <laughs> In many respects, it, there is a, a, um, a sci-fi aspect of Mormonism that uh, can get pretty interesting. Uh, their eschatology is fascinating, but that would be a whole other show. Um, well, which, I'm sorry, for, for those who don't know what eschatology is, the study of the end times. Fascinating stuff. Well, um, Michael, I, but, I hate I hate to uh, I hate to cut you short on this, and and we definitely we've got to get together and schedule some more podcasts because I feel that we've only just just peeled just back the surface. the surface. Yeah. Uh, so as we're running down on time, just a couple of questions: What are why are are many churches? Why are many uh, Christians, for that matter? Uh, being led into these cultic uh, type of systems, and um, and I th- I think you've already answered to a degree why why cults are dangerous. But if you want to say another word or two about that, but why do you think that so many are being led into this this arena of of cult and even the occult? You know, there's a lot of reasons. Uh, one of them would be lack of biblical training. Mm. So many of our churches right now are failing miserably to teach the whole counsel of God. Mm. Uh, they spend so much time on their pet doctrines and topical studies that they neglect trying to teach through the Word and equip their people on, on the whole counsel of God. What does the Bible really say? Mm. And Mormons and Jehovah's Witnesses in particular, they go after people like this. They target people like this. Um, and so 
if we're not really biblically uh, trained, just like the Bible says, we'll be tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. Um, another reason would be pride. Believe it or not, and I know that might shock you, but when some of these cults come to your door and they start sharing these quote-unquote truths with you, okay, and they're so nice, they're loving people, and they're showing you these things, and they'll tie together a bunch of scriptures that really aren't related, but they'll tie them together in a way that sounds pretty good. I mean, they'll generally they'll tie the average Christian into knots with, with, uh, with their strange doctrines, right? Well, suddenly you start thinking, gosh, wow, that, that's really exciting because, you know, I've got this truth that nobody else has. Okay? And there's this elitist feeling that starts coming over people. And so pride slash elitism is another thing that leads people into the, these different cults. Uh, another thing that I think is really powerful and unfortunate is uh, a lot of people don't like the idea of hell. I mean, let's, let's admit it, it's not comfortable, okay? The idea of eternal damnation, it, you know, we all want to say, gosh, that's, that's not the God I know. He would never do that, you know? Well, uh, um, Charles Taze Russell, the guy that founded Jehovah's Witnesses, that was actually the very first thing that really inspired him to deviate from the path of Christianity. He's sick and tired of the doctrine of hell. And there's a lot of people out there that do the same thing and they end up leaving Christianity because they don't like the idea of hell. Okay, that I think that goes back to uh, the pastor equipping and helping their people understand what hell is and is not and, and helping them come to grasp with the judgment of God right. and the character of God. Um, another thing that they use, which is incredibly powerful, is love bombing. They will surround you. These cults will surround you. They will pull you in and they will love you like crazy. They will bring you food. They will help you when you're down. They will help you when you're sick. They'll help you find jobs. They'll help you get on your feet financially. Sometimes in Mormonism, sometimes they'll even assist in helping you find a spouse. They'll help you get off drugs. They'll help you through rehab. They do a lot of stuff that um, looks amazing to the rest of the world and sometimes makes us Christians feel a little shamed. Right. Okay. They've got some great programs and that's another big pull. Uh, sometimes they use pressure tactics and, and even the Mormons have another funny tactic <clears throat> where they, they will ask you to read the book of Mormon and then pray about it, whether it's true or not. And if it's true, God will give you a burning in your bosom, which amounts to nothing more than feelings. So you're basing truth off of feelings which is not <laughs> right. which is not a good place to be. Um, I think that pretty much sums up most of the reasons why people deviate and, and head towards cults. Uh, as far as the occult goes, I think everybody wants to be an X-Men. Let's face yeah. it. <laughs> I always love the Incredible Hulk. And, I've always loved the Incredible Hulk. If, if only he just didn't have those anger problems, but of course he wouldn't be the cult if that's the case. <laughs> right? right? Or, uh, or uh, uh, Wolverine's ability to heal so that uh, people like me would never have allergy problems. That would be all right. <laughs> that would be all right. Maybe not so much the claws part because that entails some pretty uh, ugly stuff. Exactly. But to be able to just heal up. That would be nice. 
Yes. <laughs> uh, so I think that pretty much sums up why people get involved with these movements. They have a lure. They, they certainly have a lot of hooks. Michael, brother, we thank you so much. Believe it or not, we have actually run out of time. Uh, so, uh, okay. so we have definitely got a plan on getting you back here really soon. And so I have thoroughly enjoyed this. And, and as you said, we've only scratched the surface. So God willing, if, if we're able and you're willing, uh, we definitely want to get you back on the podcast, maybe even have a series uh, on, on some of these cults to, to equip believers uh, to, to know what's out there and why we need to be steadfast in our Christian orthodoxy. Michael, thank you again so much for being here with us. And so we, we hope to have you back here again real soon. For Michael Bohm, this is Pastor Brian Chilton. You've been listening to the Bellator Christie Podcast, brought to you by bellatorchristie.com. And we just want to uh, let everybody know and remind you that the truth shall set you free. And we'll see you back next time. The Bellator Christie Podcast is a production of bellatorchristie.com and is protected under Creative Commons copyright. All rights are reserved. The views expressed by guests on the podcast are of those expressing them and may not represent those of the host Bellator Christie Ministries or its affiliates. The theme played on the podcast is the song Epic and is produced royalty-free by Bensound Studios found at bensound.com. Visit bellatorchristie.com and subscribe by entering your email to receive all the articles and podcasts in your inbox absolutely free. This podcast can also be found on several podcatchers including iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn. We thank you for joining us today. For Brian Chilton, this is Burl Childers saying God bless and we'll see you next time as we enter into the arena of ideas. 